Hello and welcome back to another episode of the To Be Wed podcast. I am your solo host today, Emily, and I'm here by myself. Michael, unfortunately, has fallen a bit sick, so won't be joining me today. But I did think, you know what? We can still make an episode and what better episode for me to make than something all about the bride. I have really been looking forward to this episode and I would assume that a lot of people on our audience are also going to like the sound of this episode because believe it or not, 94% of our audience identifies as a woman and you know what, that probably doesn't come as such a surprise. Um, we know that often the burden of wedding planning is left with the bridal side. So I thought, you know what, this one's for you today. So I thought some of the things that we would go over are just some of the main things that as a bride you have to think about or do. So we're going to talk about makeup, hair, skincare, bridal shopping, bridesmaids dresses, all of the above. And I'm just kind of going to go in somewhat of an order. So if you're interested in any of those things, this episode is definitely for you. So I wanted to start today's episode with planning the wedding, because this is obviously you have to do this um, no matter what side of the partnership that you're on. But often it gets left with the women in the relationship to do it. And That kind of sucks, but is kind of great too, because then you get a bit of control. But I just wanted to talk about how Michael and I actually planned the wedding and what kind of worked for us. So what we did is, you know, I'm probably like most of you and I love, you know, scrolling Pinterest, checking out all the Facebook pages, online shopping. So And as you know, that takes up a lot of time. And to be honest, that's where I got most of the inspiration for the wedding from, you know, the color palettes to what the decor was going to look like and even my dress. So it made sense for me to do that aspect. But the thing was, is that I believe that a wedding and marriage is about both people and should represent both people. So we really wanted to make sure that the wedding was planned together. And I think that kind of helped us. And obviously we didn't stick to it completely, but I would do the research bulk side of things. And then Michael would, I'd kind of take that to Michael and then he would look over it and see what he liked and what he didn't like. Obviously I would only take things that I like. So for example, with our color palette, I remember being like, I like rust. And there was a couple other colors that I would consider. And then that's how we ended up on the color that we chose, which was like a burnt orange rust color um, because then I took all those colors and Michael really liked it. And so there you go. I thought this worked quite well um, because trying to both make every single decision and research together would just be doubling up on tasks. So it was a good delegation. We also did some things that were like solely for those people, you know. So I'm not the photographer in the relationship. So I let Michael kind of take the lead on photography or anything that was a little bit more creative or needed, you know, computer programs because that's just 
not my forte. So I would highly recommend involving your partner. There are lots of ways that you can do this to make sure they are included and they are reflected within the whole wedding planning, but then the wedding day itself. So maybe it's setting a date night once a month to do it. We ended up kind of trying to wedding plan, especially towards the back end, once a week, you know, and you can make this as fun as you kind of want. Um, And then I think you feel like they're on board with you because I cannot imagine if Michael wasn't so involved, how stressful (laughs) wedding planning would have been because he helped me make decisions. He also obviously helped do things as well. And I think that really shined on our wedding day. So Make sure you include your partner, your fiance, get creative about it and also just take on board what they do and don't find interesting. So that kind of brings me to the second big part of your experience being a bride and that is dress shopping. Now, I want to put a little caution over this because Dress shopping isn't fun for us all. It can be really stressful. It can be really triggering. So I just kind of want to talk about my experience and then some little tips and tricks. So firstly, I was in lockdown (laughs) when the dress shopping happened. And I don't know, for all those who were in Sydney or possibly even Melbourne, we were in lockdown an awful long time. And even when we came out of lockdown, people weren't allowed to travel. There were restrictions on, you know, people were allowed to come with you dress shopping. It was an absolute nightmare, to put it frankly. And all of my bridesmaids and my mom were, except one bridesmaid, were all outside of Sydney. So even though lockdown finished in October, my mom wouldn't have been able to come to November. And to be honest, that would have been the most important person to me to come dress shopping. And they weren't allowed to travel here. So Either way, I decided to do at-home dress try-ons, which has its pros and cons. Pros, I got to wear it for like multiple days at a time. Con is that it was at my home, so it wasn't that nice. I got to only try four dresses on. But now that I've been dress shopping since, it wasn't so bad that you only got one. But the thing I want to talk about first is the pressure of dress shopping. And we all know... (laughs) That a lot of the time you're going to a shop and they will only cater to one kind of body type, one kind of size. And that can be so upsetting because you go in there and you're like, I don't look good in anything. You probably do, but that's how you feel. So my biggest thing is, is that a lot of dress stores will list what sample sizes. So some when I talk about sample sizes, when you go dress shopping, they won't stock a dress in every single size. They'll typically, in my experience and what I see, have seen, they'll stock it in two different sizes. And if you're bigger than the sample sizes, they usually put like a piece of fabric in the back and then clip your dress to the fabric. Or if you're smaller than the sample size, they'll clip you into the dress. So either way, you're not getting the perfect experience. But just a note on sample sizes is they just typically are one of a really small size and then a mid-range size. So they're not at all reflective. Also, the sample sizes are not necessarily true to size. Depending on the brand, depending on the company, they'll be different. So, and even when you order it, it'll be, you'll be like, I'm not that size, uh, but whatever. That's just how they work. So with that, 
firstly, go in with realistic expectations that not, not many people are going to be the one of two sizes that that dress store stocks. Two, you're probably not going to look exactly the way that you will on the day. So you'll have your hair done, you'll have your makeup done all on the day, maybe, maybe not, but you probably won't look like the way you look when you first walk into that dress store. So just keep that in mind and remember you're choosing a dress you like then and it'll probably be elevated on the day. And three, also check the dress store's sample size. So a lot of dress stores will actually list what their typical sample size is. If you can't find it on their website, I find that most of them put it on Instagram. So you just go into like, a lot of them have like those Instagram story highlights where it'll say like frequently asked questions or Q&A or something like that. And they typically be in there. So I know Love Bridal, I think stocks um, sample sizes in sizes above 18. I might be wrong on that, but I definitely know. I remember they stuck out because I was like, oh yeah, they they stock more sizes than the typical kind of store does. So just remember that you will find a dress that you love no matter where you sit on the spectrum of body shapes, sizes, tones, and that your partner loves you for you. That kind of brings me on to another part of dress shopping is who do you bring? So I really wanted to bring all my bridesmaids and my mum. And in hindsight, now I had four bridesmaids and my mum, so that's five. I kind of wish that I didn't rely on that only because one, trying to coordinate five people to be available the same day and time was tough. Second is that I think now that I've gone bridal shopping with another bride that you don't need all those people there. Like it'll still be a nice experience. And to be honest, probably a nicer experience than if you have all those people there. So in hindsight, I probably would have, if I had a maid of honor, just my maid of honor and my mom, but more specifically, probably just my mom. And also it would have been nicer to keep the dress like a little bit more of a secret I guess I still had that like all my bridesmaids were on zoom and stuff but um they'd never seen the dress in person so that would be it my last tip for going bridal dress shopping is wear your hair kind of how you would want it so typically I would always suggest down even if you are going to have your hair up have it down bring a hairband try and pull it up and then also that also allows you to see how the dress is in those different um, kind of styles. Maybe try and have some nice earrings in because um, obviously a lot of dress stores would like you to go barefaced in makeup. So you probably won't be able to do that. Oh, and take a pair of shoes. Surprisingly, I thought this was common about going to dress stores that they would have shoes that you can try on. But no. Bring whatever size heels you think. You don't have to know unless you do have your shoes, then do that. But have a think about what kind of height of shoes you would like and then wear those because I think that a dress can look really different depending on what heels you wear. All right. So now that you've chosen your dress, let's talk about dress timelines. It usually takes anywhere between nine well, not even, not even nine. You can really get a dress like six months out, but you probably will be train, um, 
paying a rush fee. So try and plan your dress shopping experience about nine months, nine to 12 months before your actual day. This will give you a chance to try on the dress and also come back to the store and get alterations. I'll touch on alterations a little bit later and talk about how that works in your timeline as well. Alrighty, now that you've got your dress, we're going to talk about bridesmaids. So this is going to be really, I think, important decision and set a lot of the colour palette for your wedding. And that is the bridesmaids dresses. So I want to kind of talk about what I did with my bridesmaids dress first. And that is that we Firstly, I think I rushed into buying my dress. <laughs> um, I actually, I think I chose it before my wedding dress, which makes no sense. So just hold off. There's going to be plenty of dresses in the sea to pick from. Uh, and try, I would personally would have preferred to hold off as late as possible because I think that your style changes a little bit over the wedding planning course. And so if I had left it, I might have picked slightly different dresses. But these really do set the tone for your wedding palette. And I think style in a way in general, because one, the bridesmaids are going to wear the color, the main color of your palette. So if they're wearing blue, you're probably going to have a lot of blue accents throughout your decor. So you don't really want to buy the bridesmaids dresses until you've got that down pat. Secondly, the style actually matters. Um, I've seen some photos where the bridesmaids look really dressed up and then the groomsmen don't. And it it's kind of weird. So you're going to have to match those two a little bit. Also, the other thing that doesn't make sense is I think the bridesmaids dresses should be a kind of reflection of what you would expect your guests to wear. So if you are expecting your guests to be in formal attire and your bridesmaids turn up in like casual or cocktail type dresses, it's not going to match. I mean, does it really matter? Absolutely not because no one's really going to check that. But I do think that it sets a nice tone because like, yes, your wedding dress does that. But for me, I personally didn't choose my wedding dress on the venue, but I did my bridesmaids dresses and I did choose my bridesmaids dresses on the overall theme. Like obviously I probably wasn't going to wear like a casual bridal dress if I expect when I expected my guests to be in formal attire, but I don't think the dress is an indicator of the attire of your event because no one's going, well, hopefully (laughs) the aim is that no one looks like you. So I think that your bridesmaid's dress is kind of what sets it. Now, a really important thing as well is thinking about your venue in terms of bridesmaid's dresses. So please think about where you will be taking photos because while, yes, photos aren't everything, it is something you'll keep in the memory bank. Now, we actually really liked the idea of like a – I think we talked about blue and things, but blue was automatically off the cards because we were getting married at Sydney Harbour and anyone who knows what a harbour is, that means water. And in Sydney Harbour, it's like a darker blue of water. So all our photos, it was actually planned, didn't come to fruition at all, but (laughs) um, well, the bridesmaids pictures and groom party pictures. So 
but we really wanted to make sure we didn't have that because we were getting married by the harbour and if you were to take those photos on a harbour background then the bridesmaids dresses are going to wash out and that's similar like if you're getting photos in front of water maybe not blue maybe not a really dark green and maybe not a um like a purple, like a dark. Think about those dark colors that will blend in. This is similar like if you're getting married in a garden, don't wear the same green <laughs> as um, the trees. Like if you wear dark green and you go to the woods and get married, it's going to be really hot. Well, you probably won't get married. If you wear dark green and kind of are within trees, it's going to blend. Same with sand, <laughs> you know. So have a think about those kind of things. If they matter to you, of course. Um, but there are all the things that I thought about when bridesmaids dress shopping and I think you should as well. I also thought about the the season. So the reason, one big reason we chose Russ is we wanted an autumn wedding and we wanted that kind of, especially because we ended up going in the harbour, we we're going to have rust even if we went in the Blue Mountains. But we wanted that autumn to kind of come through those photos so one of the best ways we could do that being in Sydney Harbour, there's not a lot of changing in the colours of the trees was to bring that through our bridesmaid's dress. So you can kind of see how the bridesmaid's dress is becoming this symbol almost of a lot of different things in your wedding. So it does require like a little bit more thought um, in terms of style and things like that. That's completely up to you and your bridesmaids. I tried to go with a style that was going to be most universally flattering so that included um trying to do a tie around the waist I also tried to think about would it be wearable again these are just some ideas to get you your mind clicking over about what you could or couldn't include Alrighty, now you've got that done we're going to start I want to talk about makeup and makeup artistry and hair as well so this is something that most brides will opt in for is to have someone do their makeup and someone do their hair. And I want to talk about this because I, if you don't, for all those people who know me, they'll already know this, but if you don't, I have a really keen interest in makeup. It's always been my hobby and I take a lot of passion and pride in my makeup. And so I feel like I probably have a bit more... I guess, knowledge than the average person who just wears it day to day. So I want to kind of give you my tips. And this has been through my experience, but also the feedback I've received from people in my life about makeup. Um, because I think that this can really, like if you get your makeup done badly, I think that you can feel really self-conscious. So I want to try and avoid that. All right. So first thing when choosing a makeup artist is choose someone that reflects your style. So go on their Instagram and see what you like. Don't just go on their website because, you know, that'll give you some pictures, but it'll give you the pictures that they've chosen to upload. One of my favorite things to do is to either go to their real bridal pictures or which is usually listed on their Instagram or go into their tags on Instagram. And then I like to see how other people photographed their makeup because 
to be honest, with some good lighting, a good ring light and the right angle, they can make anyone look good. And with editing as well. So one thing that people don't know is most makeup artists will edit the pictures that they have on Instagram to make the colors look brighter, to make the skin look smoother. Because trust me, when I say that most of the photos that you see on Instagram are edited to a point. So don't trust the makeup artist on that alone. Go and see if anyone has actually had, you know, tagged them in the photos of their work and then make sure it aligns with you. So I often see that people are like, oh, I don't really like to wear heavy makeup or or smoky eyes. I want to be me, but better. But then choose a makeup artist that does such heavy makeup because the people on their page look beautiful. Yes, the people on their page do look beautiful, but that's because they've had layers and layers and layers of makeup done. So if you are looking for something light, go onto the Instagram page and look for a makeup artist that has lighter application of makeup. Some ways to see that is like they'll typically go for like a fluffy brow. They won't go for the eyeliner. Um, They won't go for contour. They'll usually just go a blush maybe, especially if you're fair toned like me, they'll usually go for a blush on the cheeks and then maybe just a dash of bronzer. And that is because it does look more natural and not muggy. So look for those kind of things. The other things you'll typically see are the imperfections, well, what we class, society classes as imperfections coming through. So if you can see the freckles, if you can see a little bit of dry skin or pimples, that shows that the makeup isn't super heavy because if all, like we all have imperfections, redness, whatever it is, I don't even care how good your skincare routine is. We all have it. So if you're going on a makeup ass page and everyone looks flawless, they've probably got a lot of makeup on because you can hide a lot. And maybe that's what you're after. And that's totally fine too. But trying to think about those things when, you know, looking into what makeup artist you would like. So that's the main thing I did when choosing my makeup artist. I also had a look obviously at their fees. Um, and the other thing that helped me choose was to do, um, a hair and makeup artist that did it combined rather than finding two separate vendors. And I would highly recommend this. It just made so much sense and so much easier. Okay. Now I want to talk about you've chosen your makeup artist. Now you go for a trial. Now trials are expensive. So to put this in perspective, my makeup for the day for my actual wedding day was $320 plus everyone else's, but my personal makeup was $320 and my trial was $270, so $270 for her to have a practice run. So a lot of people are always asking, do you need a trial? My opinion, absolutely. And this is why I think it's so imperative to get a trial. And I know that you've probably, unfortunately, you have to like pay your makeup artist before you have a trial. Definitely ask. You can do it the other way, but most of them will want you to pay before you have a trial. So that's why going on their Instagram, doing a lot of research is really worth it. Sorry, you can probably hear my dog in the back because uh, she can hear noises outside. Anyways, thanks, Maya. <laughs> um, but trials are so important because they give you 
not only the makeup artist, but you practice front of what you would like on your face. Now, this is your chance at this moment to ask the makeup artist questions, you know. So if you're thinking, I want a peachy eye and then, you know, you take a photo of it and a couple months later you want a bronzy eye, um, then at least you've you've done that. Whereas on your wedding day, if you are like, I want a peachy eye, you get the peachy eye on and you're like, uh, no, then it's you're not really going to have time to probably take it all off, nor will the makeup artist be very happy with that. So my my thing about going into a makeup trial is don't just say to the artist, you just do whatever you want. I don't know anything. You do know something and I'm going to teach you what to know before you go. So firstly, go onto Pinterest and type in wedding makeup. Now you'll find so many different kinds of options. Then I would only look and save pictures of people who have the same skin tone as you. Once you have that, people who have the same face shape as you, people who have the same eye color as you, because the biggest mistake a lot of a lot of people I see make is that they will find someone with a different skin tone as them and go, oh my God, they're so beautiful. And you won't ever replicate it. You just won't. And the same with eye shape. So try and get someone who looks most similar to you in some way, shape or form. Then I just want to say that if you are a newbie to makeup and you don't like wearing makeup a lot, choose pictures on Pinterest that don't include eyeliner, that if they do, especially if you're fair toned, only include brown liner. Also, if again, if you don't, this is if you don't like makeup, if you know what you're doing with makeup, go ahead for it. Don't choose thing like makeup looks on the eyes with smoky eyes. So when I talk about smoky eyes, it means the color is packed at the edges and it's packed down below the eye. And it's to give like not a dirty look. That's that's wrong, but a more puffed out look it's not clean it's not as clean and precise that you probably think it is if, if it's on Instagram Pinterest it's probably edited anyways so with that in mind once you choose all those things and you look at all those Pinterest kind of pages then your makeup artist will probably want you to send them but they're the pictures that you use to replicate I'd also suggest um, if you just look up like the color wheel or eyeshadow color wheel it'll tell you what colors will best suit your eye color so for me I have blue eyes so pinks peaches goldy kind of tones all make blue eyes pop but if you've got purple uh, you don't have purple eyes if you've got green eyes more of those like purpley shades will or tops will bring out that that green in your eye so if there's something then the final thing I want to say about how to choose your makeup is try not to choose a bright lip if you're someone who wears a bright lip often and it is part of your personality and part of what you love do it 100% like it'll look great. But if you're someone who doesn't really wear makeup but thinks this is a great opportunity to wear red lipstick or pink lipstick, no, it's probably not. And that, you know, you might get your photos back or in a few years down be like, oh, my God, why did I choose that? So 
remember that don't try and go too much out of your comfort zone when it comes to makeup. That's what I'm trying to say. Simple is better. More you is better. You want to look like yourself, but just glowing. And I think that these couple of things will. So take this to the trial. And also the other reason I really think a trial is worth it is because the makeup will always look better the second time because the makeup artist has met you and they know your skin tone. They know your eye shape by that point. They will have photos. They, My makeup artist also took reference notes down about what product, everything they used. And so the makeup looked better the second time. I also made amendments. So because I had my makeup trial two months before the wedding, I had time to sit on it, look at the photos and think about what I would like changed. And I think that it turned out so much better on the actual day than it did in the trial. Same with hair. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go too much into hair because that's just not my kind of field. But I think, um, again, with hair, try and find people with similar hair tones, um, also length of hair and my tip is do your trial with your hair up I did my trial with the hair up and I wanted my hair up mainly because of rain and all of that but it meant that when I got to the day I knew that there was an up style that was ready to be taken out of the bag whereas I think the struggle is like most makeup artists and hairdressers know how to do the curls or the straight hair or like the simple down style hair right if you're getting hairdresser they'll know that but I feel like updos can look really different so I think getting a trial done with an updo is a great option because if it does rain it's windy or it's super hot on the day that you get married then you can pull that updo out and there won't be any stress so yes choose your makeup artist carefully and go for the trial it is worth the money Alrighty. I want while we're on beauty, I want to talk about skincare and how to do that routine because you know, you go on YouTube and I swear that the people who tell you what skincare routine have like 15 steps. I'm here to tell you that you don't really need that. So the first skincare role when it comes to your wedding is do not try anything new one month before your wedding. Why? Because you might have a breakout. And what I've found about skincare is that you might not have a breakout automatically. You might be using a product for like two weeks and you're like, sweet, this is great. It works fantastically. And then all of a sudden you will break out two weeks later and that's it. Like there's nothing you can do about it at that stage. So don't use any new skincare one month before your wedding. This includes face masks. So if you are planning on doing any um, face masks a week before the day, make sure that you've just tested them on your face. Don't just test them on the back of your hand because you know when people say that? Never happens to me. I never get a reaction on my hand because you know what? I won't break out on pimples on my hand, but I will on my face. So check it on your face <laughs> before. And this this is, to be honest, this is a rule with anything. Don't try anything new. Just, just stick with the basics. Stick to what you know. The other thing with skincare is like there are a lot of treatments you can do the week before your wedding. I didn't do any of them. <laughs> I did a face mask on myself, but I didn't do any of them. And this is kind of similar with nails because 
I love skincare, but the money to get a facial and everything else costs so damn much. So I kind of was like, I'm just going to do it myself. Also, I don't know. I didn't really care about that extra like 5% of glow that I was going to have. But if you like it and it makes you feel nice, of course do it. And the other reason I didn't do it was because of COVID. I hadn't had COVID before the wedding. Um, so it would have been my worst nightmare to get COVID and then have to postpone my wedding because I wanted a facial the week before. So there are some things to think about in terms of like the night before, just like wash your face. If you have used like a um, like a salicylic acid or a chemical exfoliator, it's good to use it like the night before just to get off any of that dead skin, but only if you've used it. That is a warning because salicylic acid and I think it's glycolic acid are strong products and so you don't want to just be trying them out the night before your wedding. Um, this kind of brings me on to tans, nails, any of those beauty products. I just want to give people permission not to do them. There was so much pressure. Everyone was like, oh, you need to like get all this stuff done. You don't. Like your fiance loves you and like, yes, you will look beautiful. Trust me. You will look beautiful whether or not you get those um, those treatments done. It is, to be honest, I think it's less dependent on the way you look and more dependent on the way it makes you feel. So if you love getting a facial and treating yourself, this is a perfect excuse to do it. So go do that. But in saying that, do not, like I was so stressed. I was like, I should be going and getting all these things done. Like I need to go do this. Like that's what you do. It doesn't have to be what you do. Nothing has to be what you do. So like, and that's, you know, that's why I didn't go get a tan. Also because tans kind of freak me out because you're wearing a white dress and if the tan goes on it, whoops. <laughs> um, and also anyone who knows me, I'm very fair skinned and never tan. So if I was going to tan on my wedding day or before my wedding day, it would have been like, why? That's so not me. So I guess what I'm trying to say with beauty stuff specifically is do what you would usually do, maybe a little bit extra, you know, like, or if you want to try something, do that. Do things that make you feel special. Don't do things because you think that that's the right thing to do. Alrighty. One of the final couple of things I just want to touch on because I have been rambling an awful lot, but I'm just going to give some quick little things that you need to think about. So altering with your dress. My dress cost me $500. Make sure you have it in the budget. You'll also need about four weeks to have it altered and you don't want to get it back a day, you know, a week before your wedding and leave at least a two to three week run up. So try and get your dress altered at least seven to eight weeks before your day. This will save you so much stress. Similar timeline with your hair. If you have your hair done and you go to a hairdresser all the time, most people will get their wedding hair done, like I'm talking about dyeing their hair, a week within that week of their wedding. If you don't do this or you don't have a hairdresser you trust, I didn't. I left mine three weeks before the wedding. It's fine. No one's going to know that your hair is two weeks old. So depending on you and your hairdresser, you make that call, but I would hate to get my hair done and then it looked trash. So keep that in mind as well. And finally, the last thing I want to touch on 
is dealing with the pressures of being a bride. And I'm talking about the constant pressure of weight loss, also the constant pressure of being asked when you're going to have a child um, or a baby. And these will come up during your engagement period. And I just want to say like, I feel you because I personally didn't lose any weight or purposefully try and lose any weight in for my wedding. Um, I'll let you decide where, you know, you want to be on that spectrum of whether you want to or don't want to lose weight. But you don't have to look your very best on your wedding day. Being post-wedding has made me realize how much a wedding was just the day and the marriage is what, what lasts. Like I knew that, but I feel like when you planning the wedding you're like oh my god the wedding day the wedding day the wedding day and it is just a day and you know what apart from you and your fiance most people are going to forget it pretty pretty soon like even people who said they really liked our wedding like we talk about it occasionally but give it about two weeks after the wedding and that conversation really starts to die off so make sure that whatever you're doing you're doing it completely and utterly for yourself not for how you're going to look on the day remembering that your fiance proposed to you the way that you look they're going to marry you that same way hopefully and if they're not well they don't deserve you anyways so the way I kind of dealt with it is I didn't look at those timelines if timelines did have them because you'll see on Pinterest they'll be like six months out lose weight I totally just tried to ignore it I I also just um tried to distance myself from any talk about that and really just kept reminding myself a lot of that self-talk of like he proposed to me because he loves the way I am now he's going to marry me because of the way I am now that this this is just a day and this person has agreed to marry me for life um because that is that is truly what matters like but if you want to feel good on your day and that means you know losing weight then by all means go for it but if that just means like for me what made me feel good is I have a lot of intolerances and my belly is just like sensitive so what that meant for me is looking after that kind of health side for me making sure my body felt good not making sure my body felt good and thin or making my body feel good and hungry like make your body feel good and in terms of the whole pregnancy and baby this one you know what this one kind of really annoys me because um I'm not sure whether I want a child or not and that is something completely between myself and Michael whether we do want children but there was that constant pressure and I find that one thing is like when people assume my kind of go-to now people are like they're like oh like when you have a baby I'm like if I have a baby that's if I want a baby and I keep kind of like going back on that and I find that that kind of pushes back a little bit um on it but it is going to be there so the only way is to take that power back for yourself and do things of self-love and self-care during those times and talk to your partner about it they won't get it unfortunately especially if they are a male they will not get it um (laughs) to the same level like mike has never been asked how much weight are you losing for the wedding or you know when are you having a baby i think he's been asked once actually but you as a woman will likely be asked that or so just have that response have that self-care down packed and know that you know what 
the wedding is just a day. Like it's okay. Things will move on and just keep that keep that really close to you. You know, when anything went wrong throughout the whole wedding process, I was like, Emily, it's just a day. Marriage lasts forever. Like, oh, if something goes wrong, it's fine. Because <laughs> you're still going to be married to that person. That's ultimately why you're getting married. So just, yeah, have a little think about that. Anyways, they are my things that I thought about, um, did, considered, and I really hope that they have probably like ticked over a couple of things that maybe you have thought about or you didn't know. Um, yeah, but I'd love as always to hear what you guys have to say. Um, you can definitely go reach us over on our Instagram, which is to be at to be wed underscore podcast. We do leave a couple of things there and I'm trying to be a bit more interactive with you guys on that platform. So definitely go over there, share this with a fellow bride or person who's interested in makeup, wearing a dress, bridesmaids, anything. Um, you're all welcome to this podcast, obviously. And um, give us a review. You know, we had a lot of listens on our last podcast episode and thank you for that but no one left a review so if you could just go and leave a review on like apple Podcasts or spotify that would be fab anyways guys i hope you have a fabulous week you'll have us both back next week and until then happy planning bye